can check us out on all major podcast platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Check out our social media on Instagram at Menovation and Facebook at Menovation Podcast. Episode 83 of the Menovation. I don't even know how I'm coming in. I'm like comfortable. So I'm not hot. I'm not cold. Coming in. Mouth, that's what it is. Coming in comfortable. Coming in with cotton mouth. <laughs> coming in. It's the flannel. I didn't, I didn't, I wish I didn't come prepared. <laughs> you didn't get the memo about the flannel. If I would have had a flannel, this would be coming in cozy. just the right temperature. <laughs> What's crazy is this room's like, I don't know, 10 degrees colder in the winter. Uh-huh. Yeah. It doesn't have heat in here. So we're like, we have this little like heater we're trying to keep warm with. And anyways, all right. So today we have our friend Blake on. Um, Balake. The only time I would make that joke. No more. No. Fire, <laughs> fire away. The Balake thing. That's that's like so regular. Where is Balake at? Yeah. So Ben and I were Ben and I. Uh, he put us on a group text with him, and we both sent him the exact same Balake meme. <laughs> I mean, it's. I, I think it's like, great. Like that skit doesn't really ever get old for me. I think yeah. it's pretty funny. It's pretty classic. Yeah. Um, anyways. <laughs> Minus the resemblance, but <laughs> it's close. We did not come in to talk about that. Uh, no, our friend Blake has a just a pretty wild story. Uh, he was homeless at one point. All these, all these crazy things have happened in his life, and and now he is. You been at a church for two years now. Yeah, two years. just about. And kind of come in, he's gotten plugged in, um, just, and now he's just has crazy story after crazy story where he steps out on faith when God asks him to do something, whether it's share a word, literally put his hands on people, um, healing people, just all these things that has happened. And I think you generally don't get to that point in life of having that kind of faith without going through some stuff. So so anyway, so we wanted to come on, share his amazing story. Um, so buckle in, get your popcorn, get ready. All right, Blake. Yeah. Tell it. Give us. Give us, give us. Yeah. Give us like the elevator pitch of who you are, and then we'll kind of go in and start um, uh, dissecting things. Yeah. Well. Hey. Thanks for first off having me and inviting me to do this, even though. I didn't quite know what this was until I got here. <laughs> he was just showing <laughs> was up. Like, He's like, sure. I'm like, sure, I'll go talk and hang out and then go to yoga. But let's just and share your life story. It's like, oh, <laughs> okay. Canceling the yoga. Um, <laughs> it's going to be a minute. Yeah, now I'm a go, bro. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so my name's Blake, as you well mentioned. Uh, originally from Idaho, Idaho Falls, Idaho. Born and raised, wonderful family, like, you know, that everything I could ask for. Great mom and dad, two older sisters, which having older sisters instead of older brothers, you know, kind of left me. Uh, it was an in- interesting dynamic, right? Like when it came to getting in fights in high school, I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> it was, uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, I don't know, like, where do you want me to start? Just kind of. You or, know. Yeah, like it's always good to kind of give context to who you are. Yeah. And then basically we kind of just go through and, you know, so, okay. So I mentioned that you ended up being homeless at some point, multiple points, multiple points. 
Mm-hmm. Um, how like how how did that even happen? Oh like, yeah, start to give us context of that stuff. Well, let's uh, we'll we'll talk about like the the good things. I think an interesting point that's uh, just came on to share. Like um, so, anyways, just real quick childhood dialed in. Like I was, um, you know, great childhood, smaller town. Um, I was I was bullied a lot as a kid. Wow, which usually surprises people. But I mean, all through like grade school, middle school, I was not the popular kid. Wow, I was not, and I wanted to be. You know, like any kid, just never quite fit in. Got picked on pretty hard. I uh, never really understood why until like you get older and you're like, okay, like now I kind of get it. Like I was, sure. I had older sisters, man. Like I was just like a nice kid relatively and then also like I wanted attention so I think class clown was how I thought I got it in a way. Were your sisters nice to you? Yeah I mean my so the dynamic uh, my oldest sister Kelsey I mean they were great to me it's just they were she's she's older um so we never were in school together any like even close Mm -hmm. she was kind of like babysitter for the most part and like you know as I got older we could start having some kind of a connection now I think me and my sister Kelsey are um you know, that, that connection is re-strengthening and, and uh, there's always a lot we can talk about. And my sister, Rachel, awesome. She's the one who kind of was like closest to me. She's the middle. She's the one who uh, actually, you know, I spend the most time with at home as a kid, got me into watching Dragon Ball Z, which I'm forever, Come on, yes. I'm forever grateful <laughs> for her doing that because like I've been, you know, consistently a fan of that show for like the last 27 years. Nice. Um, so it's a wonderful part of my life that I'll never deny. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, so I mean, had that, you know, growing up in a small town, you go to high school with the same kids you go to grade school with. Um, but you know, like that was my strive was to, well, I wanted to fit in and be the cool kid. I wanted to be accepted. And, and I spent a lot of time alone because dad was really, really smart, incredible businessman, worked really, like, very, very hard to provide for his family, uh, wonderful father. Being an adult now, I see everything he sacrificed. And it's mm. like, holy cow, like you have that huge respect for your father for everything he's done. Mom's awesome, wonderful mom. I raised the kids. And so, but I mean, like after school and stuff, you know, you have your couple friends you hang out with. I watched a lot of movies. That's kind of where like I started learning like how to base my life on. Sure. Mm. It was like, I mean, really like action movies and in high school, like, you know, comedies, like the movie Out Cold and Van Wilder. Oh, my gosh. And um, <laughs> Yeah, those aren't good things to base your life on. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, and, and, and like James Bond. So yeah. You have that James dynamic yeah, yeah, yeah. inside of me of like, well, I'm going to be this like, like super gentleman party jackass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of in a way, like, you know, to, to, to yeah. put it straight, like not knowing um, and so that was kind of the thing, like high school, you know, I, uh, started working out. Um, and this whole background is just kind of in a dynamic leading into kind of where I went for a little bit, just, you know, I, I don't know if I'm giving too much detail or not, but high school, it was like, okay, started lifting weights. Right. And then, uh, put on 50 pounds of muscle and the kids who bullied me left me the hell alone. Sure. <laughs> sure. Um, and that was nice i was like mm. oh i was like well this is it you know answer, yeah uh dated a really cute girl high school sweetheart you know had my heart broken um 
all that stuff. And that's when I started, you know, getting into drinking was mm. 16, really. How old are you? Now? Yeah. 33. I'll be 34 in July. Okay. And so, um, you know, after that, like having had those movies where in a lot of my cinema found like based and, you know, alcohol is always a part of my family, but it, it was very well controlled and, um, you know, yeah. And my, you know, my dad drank like a gentleman and my mom, you know, wine with dinner and stuff or something like that. Uh, but for me, like the characters that I wanted to portray and stuff, like when they got their heart broken or anything, it was like, okay, this is the answer. And also like, this is how I connected with people was parties. And so, you know, after like 16 coming to like, you know, 17 senior year and stuff, I, I lived for the weekend I, I wanted Friday and Saturday to come around so I could uh, usually get a bottle of Captain Morgan, uh, sometimes involved sneaking out of my house. And I was like, okay, this is it. And I would mix it in a 44 of soda. And, and I was, but I was surrounded by people. And then when I drank, I just felt so good. Mm. I was so, you know, confident and calm and courage. probably not near as smooth as I thought I was. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and probably surprised I didn't get punched more than I thought I did, <laughs> you know, because I was, well, that confidence might have gone a little far. Um, but I had finally started feeling like I fit in, yeah. you know, and, and that was just kind of an intro. And, and fast forward into college, really for me, college was like the, um, you know, I, I, I had good parents, right? Like I got in trouble if I did something. Sure. Um, sometimes growing up, like I don't even know, like, I, you know, I, I feel like I got grounded a little too much, maybe. Sure. Not saying anything on, on my parents. I'm sure I deserved most of it. Um, but when it got to college and I was like, oh, wait, like I get to be whoever I want to be. No longer do I have to be like mm -hmm. the same kid that was in grade school that, you know, got pushed down or tackled or whatever, just couldn't fit in. Um, I mean, I, I really, even like in sports, I remember winning the MVP uh, ball in baseball and my whole team was like pissed. Really? You know, and it was like, I was like kind of shunned for it. What? And I was just like, yeah, you know, so it was a really weird dynamic in a small town where it's like, for some reason it was just like, I, was, I don't know, you know, not, yeah. it was that kind of, Seeing now, you know, when you're a kid and they don't realize, like, they see you as a threat. Yeah. But I don't see me as a threat or know what that threat is like. Mm -hmm. um, but so college, anyway, it was like, okay, cool. So I based my college life and experience on the movie Van Wilder <laughs> with Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. That was like... Yeah, that's your whole thing. Mm -hmm. That was my thing. I was like, <laughs> I am going to be that character, um, <laughs> you know, because I was like, you know, the whole setup of rom-com slash you know, National Lampoon comedy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was on a mission to, like, be the most popular guy. And and in a lot of ways, I succeeded. I um, I did a lot of things that were pretty kind of cool for back then in Idaho State. But, I mean, it was all based around partying <laughs> and drinking. I mean, I even, like, it's a Greek band campus. Okay. And we had, with a buddy, message for, so TKE, Tau Kappa Epsilon, was my dad's fraternity. Okay. And a buddy of mine, you know, came to me and he's like, hey, like, let's bring Greek back here. 
And, and what is Greek? What is that Greek? Oh, fraternities. Fraternities. Okay. fraternities oh, okay. and sororities. Yeah. So they have like clubs that are Greek, but it got banned from Idaho State University where I went. Um, and so being 19 years old, looking back, I'm like, wow, this was actually kind of fun. With a buddy of mine, we wrote a letter to the president of TKE saying we want to start a chapter there. And he, they flew a guy out. We took wow. him to dinner, like told him everything about He's like, why should we start a chapter here? Convinced him to like have us start a chapter there. Took this guy to dinner, took him to a party. And, you know, I was like, this is life, right? This is, this is it. And, you know, we ended up getting like, they sent us all these boxes full of TKE pins and everything. Like, let them know it's coming. We ended up meeting with some higher ups at the school. Oh, wow. They ended up giving us like, hey, this could be your guys' boardroom for meetings. And then like, it got really serious where like the, you know, Tau Kappa Epsilon was like, hey, well, we need to like, we're going to choose like president, all this stuff. And then so like, out of nowhere, like I'm being put in for president of this fraternity, you know, that from a Greek band campus. And it's all like, I'm like, dude, I made it yeah. in my own <laughs> mind, right? Yeah, yeah, way, totally. like, not <laughs> thinking like, those weren't my thoughts at all. I was just, I thought this was life. Totally. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is how it's supposed to be, to yeah. be the most popular guy, to do all these things. Um, and, and long story short, that ended up like, it's actually really ex quite expensive to be in a fraternity. Is it? Um, yeah, yeah like, I mean, like, well, stuff, especially or? for some college kids, you know, in Idaho where it's like 600 bucks a semester or something. Oh, yeah. Or I can't remember what it was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like, <laughs> so we, we had it all going and it was great. And we had, we started it in the spring and they're like, Hey, we'll get ready to launch like fall. Mm -hmm. You just had to get enough people in and, and have them put in their money. Sure. And then come summer, we kind of just let it fizzle out. It was like that exciting thing as a kid where you're like. The, your shiny thing and then yeah, yeah so yeah. anyways but I mean looking back I'm just like you know I was like oh that is actually pretty cool that that even happened but anyways so that was kind of my whole thing to random story I know but this, no it's good context it, it yeah, yeah. Sense, like, I you know my whole on? thing was like throwing well that was so it got approved and everything okay. and they're like cool like they were even like we'll bring Greek back okay which is a really big deal for a campus that banned it and we're just thinking you know we were just kids and we we literally just ended up writing a letter to this guy, pretty much BSing our way through <laughs> all of this, you know, like, well, here's why we should do it. Like, we were very talented talkers, me and this buddy of mine. Um, his name's Cody, Cody Ferguson. Uh, if he ever watches this, he's a great guy. <laughs> <laughs> he can laugh at it because he will too. He'll be like, oh my gosh. And uh, so this kind of just explains where, like, as you can see, Alcohol was a really uh, central point. Especially in driving force. Oh, yeah. my. Well, yeah. yeah. And it came to the point where, and it wasn't a, a problem per se, like as, as it could be later addressed as for sure. It was like a thing where it was like, okay, like go to school, go to class, whatever. I mean, I liked school. I hated homework. I was never a fan of it. Um, to the point where like when I had a class that they said, hey, 80% of this class is your final exam i did not go back to the class wow i don't think i think it was <laughs> i think it went like once it was like geology something and i was like you mean all i have to do is pass that one test and i pass yeah and they're like yep i was like i closed my book and i was like see ya 
You know, like, <laughs> like looking back and, you know, anybody listening to this could be like, wow, you were a little troublemaker. And I was like, not on purpose, but I didn't see a point. And I yeah. went and uh-huh. I passed and I came back. I took the final exam and I passed. Sure. That's the whole point. You know, like I yeah. remember handing in my test. I was the last one because I crammed for like, oh, it was horrible studying for it. And I remember like giving it to my teacher and it was, they were like, I don't recognize you. And I was like, I haven't been here like since this class started, but here's my test. <laughs> right. And that's 80%. Um, so were you living this Van Wilder type of lifestyle during this whole time? Because I haven't been moving forever, but I'm trying to remember. Pretty, pretty like, much. I mean, it was it. like, I, I, my whole thing was, you know, we ended up getting like a really nice, like looking back, especially for like 19 years old. So I lived in student housing for my first year. Um, and then I, I ended up coming back the following year. And we got this really nice townhouse where the base was the garage. So it was like a six car garage. Oh, wow. And, you know, like had a really nice kitchen and upstairs were the bedrooms, like way nicer. It was brand new. Like first people to really live in there. Um, and again, how we got it talking, we yeah. talked the guy into like, no, like we'll, you know, rent it to three college kids. Yeah. Great idea. And, you know, and my parents were not on board with this. You know, they were like, this is, you know, because like, how can you guys afford it? And we're like, it's easy. We all pay this amount. And anyways, but, uh, and we did. And we just, I like my whole idea, like it was like perfect. And then we just throw huge parties. And we did like big parties. Like, I remember one of it was like a thing that ended up making the newspaper of like largest ISU gathering. I left my own party at, at times. Cause like there's so many people there. I just go somewhere else and they're like, and people would be like, Oh, you have something going on at your house. I was like, yeah, I'm not going there. <laughs> um, but I thought that was so cool. You know what I mean? And I would just have anybody and everybody and, you know, um, and, uh, it was just this idea of, like, well, this is kind of the lifestyle that I wanted to do. And it was partying and it was because I was searching for connection. Sure. Mm-hmm. Obviously, knowing what I know now, right. I was longing for connection of sorts. Um, you know, and I had a really serious girlfriend at, at one point, you know, and then that ended up not working out. And so it just kind of fueled this like heartbroken alcohol is a solution type thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, I know this is lost. I'm just no, kind no, of good. This, out is out there, right? this is all great. But, uh, <laughs> you know, great. and it, it's, you know, and it, it ended up with just this, uh, this life that was, you know, I, that's, that's what I thought. And it was great. And like, I had a couple wonderful freshman years because I was like, you know, I ended up there for like three and a half, four years. What were you studying? Um, so I was going into what I wanted to do is business management for MBA because my dad has his MBA. And then I actually ended up, you know, after like getting knocked around a little bit and being like, okay, you need to take this serious and meeting with an academic advisor. And then I remember them being like, uh, you know, what do you like? And I was talking about business. And I, I remember there was a class I really wanted to get into a business law. For some reason, I was really drawn to it. And then my academic advisor was like, this is, she said it was either the or the second hardest class offered at Idaho State. And I don't know whether it was like part of me or there was ego or whatever it was. I was like, cool, I want it. <laughs> of course. And it was this class taught by, uh, I remember it was Judge Randy Smith. I think he's the sixth judicial judge of the United States. Oh, wow. 
And he would only teach this class on Tuesday nights. And it was like three hours long. And you had like metal detectors Jeez. you walked through to get in um, just to the building, mm-hmm. you know, and it was once a week. And it actually turned it up kind of uh, back, well, not backfiring, but in a way. So I ended up going to this guy's class and we take the first test and his tests are 40, like they're a booklet. No, they're all short answers or essays. They're like, you come in and he's like, Hey, you got like three and a half hours for this test. And I don't like homework or studying, remember? So, but I, I did really well in school. Like probably would have had a 4.0 if I would have like pushed myself, sure. mm-hmm. you know, but I didn't, I didn't need a 4.0. I had the whole, like, what do you call a doctor with C's? Doctor. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's not like your GPA doesn't go next to your degree. Right. And I, uh, being the- This is true. That's actually yeah. very true. You know, <laughs> like, oh, you got your PhD, but you got all C's. Sorry. It's like, no, I still got my PhD. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so anyway, so I ended up doing really well. I ended up, I think, getting the highest or one of the highest scores wow. on that test. And he happened to notice that like, so when you bring your book to class, it was like mine still was sealed. Like I didn't take the plastic <laughs> off of it to open it. <laughs> Got to resell it. <laughs> and so, or something like that. And it was, uh, so somehow it ended up getting looked into like, who am I? Yeah. And it turns out that my grandma was this guy's secretary when he was just a state judge. Oh, wow. Interesting. And so it turns out to like contacting the family and then it turns out they have a conversation with my parents of some sort. And it was like, you know, if your son doesn't go into law, he's wasting every bit of talent he has. Like, so really cool in a way of being like, you're talented, you're, Mm -hmm. you know, but I feel like that just put like this like academic bar that was like, you know, kind of this pressure in, in a way that I wasn't searching for where it's like, well, now you need to be a lawyer and you need to kind of follow this path and do this, which understanding like, and that's out of love, yeah. you know? And, um, and so, yeah, that, that kind of put like a whole new, like, well, there's no excuse for you not to, you know, get, be a lawyer or be any of this because you have this judge saying you should be. But really cool, great class, kind of gave me that credit. And then after that, I was like, um, I wasn't about that. So, so it just, <laughs> so you just partied. I, yeah. I mean, you know, and it got to, it was, it was pretty, I mean, it was fun. So like I did do well or could do well in school. Um, I was just not realizing like kind of the spiral I was going down sure. with mm-hmm. like never actually doing any of like the healing that I needed to do. I, Cause you don't, I also kind of grew up in a way of like talking about your feelings. You know what I mean? Um, you don't really do that. You, that. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. know, like I grew up like hunting and stuff with my dad and things. And, and I, when I think about that, my grandpa Jack comes to mind where it's like, if you had your coffee and you put sugar or creamer in it, he'd pour it out and tell you to get another cup. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like there guy. is a bit of that like manliness in there. <laughs> sure. Also yeah. like big, sweetheart, amazing men, soft, like wonderful guys, but they grew up kind of like tough sure. love right. type thing. So not doing any of the healing and just keep trying to numb all of this feelings I've had built up since I was a teenager um, you know, that, that ended up progressing into, that's all I was chasing and drinking until, um, you know, one, one year when I was 
living with a buddy and it was like, I just wasn't in school. I, I, I dropped out and I was like, just working and trying to figure out life in a way. Um, and how old were you about this time? I was 21 or two. Okay. Um, at this point but 21 like still going in i remember like i'm drinking and doing all this stuff you know and, and it is what it is but and uh you know 21 well i've i feel like you know like that's like the the green light for now it's even more socially acceptable mm-hmm. um you know and, and that was 21 was actually a year of well now I'll just go other places and go to the bar and i went to seattle with a friend and you know, experience what all that was about. It wasn't that great. <laughs> at least at that time. I think Seattle was beautiful when I went sure. there. It was a wonderful place. I'd love to go there again soon. And uh, so I, I just tried to skip back because that's kind of the digest version of, of what kept happening. And um, and then I started, like, I, I was depressed. I was depressed and I, I, was, I was doing all I could to try to kind of ignore that depression or fight it off. And alcohol was a wonderful tool for me. Was alcohol that. your main thing like were you in any other drugs at that time were you Mm-mm. okay no I, drugs so that's one thing that you know growing up in idaho and, and with my family and, and grateful for my parents drugs scared the crap out of me mm. um you know i i uh yeah i just i and and, and I, I was around it sometimes you know and and it was just one of those things that never really i was drawn to like i had tried weed a couple times um even at this other point when i was kind of got out where i i dated a gal who was that was her niche was like smoking all the time and i was and my roommate was the same way yeah. and i so i like tried it again but every time i smoked like a thc and me just never agreed because it just did like that like because i loved being like hyperactive and, and active and just whether it was you know Cause even though like I drank all the time, I still worked out all the time. Like to, it got to a point where when I was drinking all the time, like I actually had a vodka in my gym bag. <laughs> it's just transparent and kind of yeah, fun. Yeah, because, yeah. Like I remember like, you know, and I would get there with a buddy or whatever. And I, or I, I just take a couple pulls cause I'd feel good. Yeah. And then I'd like run three miles and like lift weights. Wow. That's interesting. Usually those two don't go hand in hand. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Like with alcohol, it did something different for me Mm. where it like gave me this like energetic spark and this raise and and people would drink and get more and more tired and I would like feel energy. Wow. Wow. You know, like, and so THC, where like I have buddies that would like, you know, even athletes or whatever I'd go train with and they'd want to smoke and then go to the gym together. And I did that once and I was like, never again. So I got there and they're like, Anderson, like what? And I'm like, I'm useless here. <laughs> like right now, you know, but I would like drink or something and then go and they'd be like, what is wrong with you? And I was like, <laughs> I don't know. Um, so you can tell at that point, like alcohol, like I'm just so comfortable with it. And um, yes, a little tangent backstory, I guess too much. But so that got to the point where we're, I was drinking a lot and I got into a really depressive state where everything just was like nothing was going well, it seemed. And, and, and the whole hiding how I was feeling wasn't really working. And so I just kept drinking to the point where like where I was staying, I would drink and just like want to go back to bed. Like that was the Mm. point. Um, and this obviously started getting word out to like family and stuff who was concerned. 
And when I was like, Hey, like you got to stop drinking and you know, just being in a depressive slump. And I was like, whatever. And I would try and I couldn't like, it got to the point where, cause I never experienced, like I had hangovers, like horrible hangovers before. Is this when you realized that you were like addicted? What I didn't even know what that was. Like, mm. his, like, well, in the whole like rehab talk and everything, like being in Salt Lake City or a bigger area, or if you go anywhere metropolitan, like Paulton, I'm sure, like rehab's probably like, okay, like, yeah, I have a, sure. like you can run into somebody who knows somebody mm-hmm. or has a family member who went to rehab. Right. And, um, but in Idaho, it's like, like, so I did end up going to rehab, coming down to, to Salt Lake. And I went to rehab here for the first time. And because I couldn't, I didn't know what the DT is like. I, my, your body is physically, yeah, you know, dependent on alcohol after a while. And when you stop drinking all of a sudden, like you're shaking and like, you just mm. feel horrible. So did you come to Salt Lake for rehab or did you come to Salt Lake for something else? I came to Salt Lake for rehab at that oh, time. Wow. Um, mm. and it was one of those things like I came down like right before the new year's, you know, it was, it blew my mind what it was. Cause all of a sudden, like, you know, I get picked up, um, and I get taken to this like super nice house. Still wasn't comfortable with it at the time. And, you know, and like you go there and, and it's, it's like totally one of those things, but it was like, and all of a sudden like, you're staying in this really nice house with really nice queen beds and you have a cook who's cooking meals and you go out and do these crazy fun activities throughout the week and you turn in your cell phone and you talk with the therapist about, which was cool for me because that was the first time I ever got to talk about problems. Mm. And I remember oh, wow. being like, yeah. holy cow, you know, like just just talking with somebody about like the shiz I've gone through. Totally. Oh, totally. Yeah. Because yeah. I hadn't talked to anybody yeah. about it up until that point. And how old were you around this time? So that was 22. Okay. So it was shortly okay. after you dropped out of school. You got, okay. You know, and that was... Yeah, so 22, I, I believe, was when the first time I went to rehab. And uh, I remember being like, you know, first, like, not wanting to be there or whatever, like, because it's, sure. and then realizing, like, yeah, this is really cool. And also, mm-hmm. like, after a while, you're like, this is rad, you know? And, and you you meet people and you're, you know, like, not not the, typically the, the healthiest of connections, which sure. you, you learn down the road. But I was like, wow, you know? And I did my 30 days or whatever, and, and then the idea, they were like, okay, well, I was like, oh, well, I got to go back home. And I went back home into the exact same environment. Like, how did you feel? So this is, so these 30 days were the first time you haven't drank in years, right? Like, cause you were drinking when you were in high school, you were doing all these things and then lead to these 30 days, no alcohol. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was great. You know, what and, was that and, like? Oh, um, well, it was, it was good. It was like, my body loved it. I mean, you know, I was eating well. Sure. I was. Mm. They, You're they not ta- drinking. <laughs> they take they take you to the gym. Yeah, which is another big point of like once I realized like, you know, fitness and and everything uh, was a big part of everything because I felt so good after I trained. Mm. Um, and you know, and, and so you go and you get refreshed and like the the we could go into the the rehab cycle system at some point. I'm sure we will, but you know, the idea, especially nowadays, is is like inpatient treatment. You know, you're, you're, you're isolated away from whatever you're dependent on. Um, you're within a community of people who are also getting sober, which most importantly is like, you have therapists, you have professionals, uh, you're eating well. They, Mm. I've done some really cool stuff in rehab. Some of the like really cool stuff. And it's, uh, it's just like totally different experience away from everything. And then you have like 
you know, sober living because they try to keep you like from just throwing you back in the same sure. environment. Mm-hmm. And then with outpatient and all this stuff. And, and I've gone through this cycle multiple, multiple times a lot. But I mean, when I go back up there, like not learning or knowing any of this, right? Yeah. Like from my, my family's perspective was, okay, you need to go there and not to like quote a family member, but like, you know, like and get fixed, mm. which is like this idea of like, well, hold on, like nothing's actually broken. And I had to learn all this on my, on my own through years of, cause, cause I ended up going back in the same environment, which I think like right when I walked into my roommates, they're, you know, sitting on the couch, smoking weed and drinking. Sure. And I think it was even like that night or the next night, there was like a, like a welcome home party of like, Hey, you're mm. better. And then, and that's the idea. And I was like, cool. But nothing inside of me was really healed. Right. And I'll, I'll always tell people and I'll back on this a hundred percent every time is, you know, that there's not a problem. Like alcohol's not the problem. Drugs are not the problem. They're a solution. Mm. Um, they're the wrong solution. Yep. But it's, you know, if, if you don't address like what's really going inside the trauma, the pain, the hurt. Um, and once I learned, especially the last couple of years is it's very spiritual, a spiritual malady. Um, getting that addressed is, is, is it's like, that's, that's the cure. Yeah. Mm. Did you grow up in faith? Like, were your family religious, LDS, anything like that? Or did you come to Jesus later in life? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, so, like, Jesus and I, like, as, as you know now, like, we're sure. we're tight. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I, uh, so I was raised, like, my dad was LDS. Okay. And my mom was Lutheran. Um, but. That's interesting. But yeah. like, gotcha. Right. But so, like, you know, my dad, uh, not really active. Yeah. Not active at all, actually. And my mom was Lutheran who, you know, she loved, like, we would go to church on, like, Christmas and Easter. Easter. And, yeah. <laughs> and I and I went to Sunday school as a kid. Okay. And then I, I grew up with the Lutheran church. And then I grew up in the LDS community because that's what all my friends were doing. Mm-hmm. And so, like, when I was in Scouts as a kid— um, I, I had no idea that like it was scouts through the LDS. Yeah. I just thought this was boy scouts of America. Mm-hmm. Right. And then when I like, it's also like, why are we always meeting at the church and all this stuff? You grow up and you get older and you're like, oh. Start to realize oh. yeah. <laughs> and so it became this point where like, um, well, fun fact, and I actually had missionaries check on this a long time ago and they, they were like, well, you are, <laughs> I was in the records as being baptized LDS, but I never was. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Like I had a date and everything and it was like, nope, because you have to be eight years old. I was like, never dunked. And, uh, (laughs) you know, I never did the bathtub thing. And, um, but I was blessed as a child and I was baptized Lutheran. So I I had a lot of, I I grew up both. Like I went to seminary in high school because my friends did. Um, And, you know, so I went through that. So I, I know I lived in the LDS culture very actively. You know, I went to, um, you know, family home evening nights with friends. Um, you know, at one point, like went to the singles ward. Just, just not the greatest experience, <laughs> but because uh, basically it's just like, you know, no. <laughs> and uh, but, yeah, I, I still support it, right? So there's a lot of there's a lot of yeah. there's a lot of wonderful things that that the LDS Church does, especially based around family and connectivity. Sure. Um, and that was. I mean, you know, you think Salt Lake, everyone's like, oh, Salt Lake's Mormon. Like, no, not, not 
compared to like somewhere yeah, like pretty, Idaho, yeah. Boise, yeah, yeah. Um, Idaho Falls, like you're looking at like an 80 percentile versus like the 43, 47 down here in Salt Lake mm. City. Um, but it's just like it's the howdy neighbor. Would you like a cup of sugar or some Jello mm-hmm. for whatever reason? You know, <laughs> do you like some lemonade? It's like, I, yeah, sure, I guess. Like, who are you? Um, but I mean, that's the wonderful thing about it. You waved everybody up there and they waved back. Right. It was nice. Yeah. So I, I have a lot of religious background. Like I was going through confirmation, which is like the Lutherans, LDS. Okay. And I just remember like moms would actually fight with my mom about it. Your son can't be doing that. And it was like this big deal of like, why is he doing that at that church? And like, why is he doing that at that church? And even at a young age, I mean, me being me, I remember being like, y'all read the same book. I was like, I said that. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I was like, I use this book here and there. I was like, you just got a couple differences. Like y'all talk about this guy, Joseph Smith, you know, yeah. and then they got the Trinity at, at, at Lutheran and that's what I knew. But I, I, I knew the religious Jesus, the sure. one that a lot of people end up, I feel walking away from out of misunderstanding, mm-hmm. right? And and the religious God, the, the like nobody actually teaches you or talks about like power and the spirit and the fact that we're, we're literally living in two worlds, you know, like n- nobody mentions that, you know, which is kind of like a key part. It's just like, you know, Jesus loves me, this I know, <laughs> for the Bible tells right. me so. And, and you know, and as a kid, you're like, okay. And then when you get older, you're like, I feel like there's more out there. Yeah. So I'm going to go find it. Totally. Yeah. And and that started my 20s of searching, which is really what I was doing, right? I was searching for connection, not knowing that I was searching for a connection with the Father yeah. and with Jesus, like that true spiritual, that one connection that fills all. But I was longing for connections with with friends, party, women, um, because you know, like that that felt good. Yeah, right? mm-hmm. like a, a pretty girl, a connection with that. Oh, like, boy. like this is it. And I ended up in a bunch of relationships I had no business being in. Um. So yeah, I grew up religious, okay. and it so pushed when, me away. Yeah. So when you were in rehab, because I know sometimes, sometimes depending on what kind of rehab you're in. You know, there's obviously a spiritual connection or they try to bring it back to Jesus or whatever. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's just your higher power or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Um, I have a brother-in-law who uh, he he battled with drugs, homelessness since he was like 13. And just in the last like two years, he's gotten sober. Wow. Um, so, but he's the same way. Went through all sorts of rehabs, um, did all the programs, blah, 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 blah. So I was just curious. But anyway, so he come back from rehab, walk into a party basically. Yeah, it was, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> it was, you know, it was, uh, it was like nothing changed. All yeah, right. and yeah. because nothing there did did change, right? Um, you know, and and that's where obviously that didn't really work out to be the case, and um, oh man, I guess I could go detail more with so that that kind of led into back the same lifestyle um How dating long, the did same. you instantly start drinking again pretty much wow yeah i yeah, mean well, you're fixed well exactly right yeah, that yeah. was the whole idea right. like the idea was and and i knew this and even throughout multiple rehabs i remember you know getting in, in somewhat arguments but debates 
of like, you know, when somebody tries, like, it never sat well with me and people were like, hey, alcohol is your problem. You can't drink this or else. And I'm like, I am never going to be afraid of this. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not, you know, and that really didn't sit well with me, which didn't help because not fully understanding the rest, like, it didn't keep me out of more rehabs. Um, But I was like, I disagree with you. I was like, I, like, I'm, you know, for whatever reason, I was like, I should not fear a a drink. But it was really, so, and that comes back to the same idea of, like, religiosity being, like, is it, are they preaching fear or faith? Mm-hmm. Right. And and then when something fear-based was being pushed into me, I naturally was like, I don't buy this. Mm. Right. And it had to be like a flipped around way of understanding and faith. Like, like when I when I don't drink, I I don't drink and I always encourage other people to. It's it's one of these things where it's like, don't ever look at that and say, Oh, I can't. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I literally could. I've proven it. I've 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 drank normal had burgers with beers and, and then never touched it again for a few months. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and any addict who's hearing this right now could probably be freaking out. Cause they're like, Oh, that's dangerous. Don't do that. Or oh, you're, you know, just yeah. wait, you're going to slip. And it's like, whatever, dude, um, <laughs> I'm doing great. And, and it's, it's, uh, it's, I choose not mm-hmm. to, yeah. right. I choose not to because it's, it's, it's a, it's a conscious choice and don't ever take that choice away from somebody because that's usually what ends up in rebellion and, and which my 20s were, where like when I was through rehab and stuff, I always knew there was something more, yeah. right? And, but I mean, I even, and kind of constantly searching for it and everything. And in some rehabs, like you go to church and non-denominationals and I had something kind of there. But like when I went there and I was like, what are y'all doing with these guitars and, and PowerPoints? You know, I'm like, <laughs> I was like, what's going on here? But this is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so... And that's the interesting thing about rehab. Sorry, not to cut you off. No, no, no. Go is, ahead, because yeah, you, know, you might have to more than once, uh, to be honest. What I, <laughs> what I think is interesting is I'm looking back on those different things, and so often addicts replace one addiction with another addiction, right? I knew a lot of, a long time ago, I dated this girl who was a CrossFit coach, and there was a lot, there was like half the class was recovering alcoholics. And when they were so intense into CrossFit, mm. right? And I, w- I remember watching that. I'm like, they have never dealt with the problem, kind of what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And that's what I notice is, you know, you have people that have been sober for however many years. They, let's use alcohol, for example, they drink, they fall off the wagon, they end up dying, whatever the, whatever the story is, right? And then you realize, well, the problem was never dealt with. Mm-hmm. You know, you never, you never developed the tools. You never learned how to use them. You never actually got healing. You never actually dealt with whatever, whatever you want to say. And that's why I think is interesting about the addiction culture in the States is, I mean, I'm sure it's all like solve the world, but because again, I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, the rehab, getting some space from whatever you're struggling mm-hmm. with, starting to unpack these things. But we generally now, I mean, now I think it's getting a little better, but especially in the Christian world, a lot of this stuff was never talked about. I yeah. Mean, you mm-hmm. come from a super conservative Christian. Right. Like, you're not talking about that stuff. No. You just don't yeah. do it. Right. Just don't do it. Exactly. Right? It's don't have birthdays. We're going to cut your head yes. off. Or, <laughs> yep. well, you know? it, it becomes this like sweep it under the rug. It's okay type thing, right? Like yeah. even I remember when I went back to Idaho um, Falls and I, I, so I ended up living there. I ended up moving to Idaho Falls with a, with a girlfriend and stuff and, um, you know, and, and, and getting a town home there. It was nice and, and doing like, you know, working and, and family's like, oh, you're doing great. Cause like, I'm trying to fit into this, like, we approve of you blueprint. 
And like that's doesn't sit well with my life blueprint, which mm. not saying that the Van Wilder was on my life blueprint. That was like that was like a trial thing trying to figure out <laughs> things. And uh, you know, but like in, in in seeking to become something greater, and then with the rehab thing, like uh, what's not talked about and what could be considered in some way of of it's very spiritual. Like addiction is a spiritual malady. It's oh. something that can be mm. broken off of people. Um, and it's one of those things where, and there are ways like, you know, like AA and, and things and, and these habits, but it becomes this, this lifestyle of, of, you know, what I, what I don't like about, and it's just, it's a lot of it here in Salt Lake. Cause it's different in, in all in areas. Like I went down to Phoenix and stuff and went to some meetings and totally different culture, right? It's different everywhere in Salt Lake being one of the recovery capitas capitals of, of this whole thing where there's a rehab, like every two miles that's interesting mm, um, wow. like there's so many rehabs here it, it would it would astound most people is it kind of becoming for me this is where i went back into rehab multiple times because a i didn't know what else to do and b there were times where like it got me like when i was homeless because when i wasn't fitting into that family thing i'll, I'll touch on that real quick of so when you know it was in idol falls we talk about that oh go ahead that's the end of the episode <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> we didn't get to the homeless part. So if you right, want to hear where stuff starts really going off the rails for our man Blake, uh, make sure to tune in next week. As you guys know, like there's there's so much importance in the context of a story yeah. and how you're kind of setting it up. And we're starting to touch on these things. You know, sometimes maybe even a little controversial where we're talking about rehab and addiction, all these things. Um, and you keep, I hope people are pulling this out of the story as like, you know, you were trying to fit in. You want a connection. You yeah. want to be loved. You want all these things that we all want, especially as men, that we will isolate, try to medicate, you know, try to find connection in all the wrong places. So, like, there's such a there's such gold in your story. So, to hear the climax and some other amazing things, you have to tune yeah. in next week. I was like, this uh, is right where it's about to get. Good. I know. I was like, <laughs> oh, like <laughs> we didn't get to that part. <laughs> we will though. But that'll have to wait until yeah, next yeah. time. But like, you gotta oh. wait till next week. Um, that's right. Uh, but y'all know what to do. Share. Uh, go out there. Like all the places. We out.